Welcome everybody to Churn Hacking, a customer success podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nathan. In this series, we'll be speaking with customer success leaders and inspirational speakers to understand their views on CS and learn how they rose to prominent leadership roles in their careers. In these interviews, we'll be discussing how they led customer success organizations, their views on the industry, and sharing some best practices that hopefully you can take away and implement in your roles to help your team run more efficiently and effectively. Welcome to Churn Hacking. Okay, and I am delighted to say that joining me on this week's episode, uh, my next guest, um, let me go through. He has a list of achievements as long as your arm. He is a customer-centric growth expert. He runs the consultancy company 16 Ventures, is a renowned, in no, is a world-renowned industry thought leader, is also the author of the number one book in customer success, How Innovative Companies Are Reducing Churn and Growing Recurring Revenue, available on Amazon. And somehow, amongst all that, he still finds the time to partake in his other passion in life, professional wrestling. I'm uh, really looking forward to uh, hearing his words of wisdom today. Welcome to the show, Lincoln Murphy. Hey, thanks for having me. This is awesome. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for giving up your time. Uh, Lincoln, I think to get things started, I would really appreciate it if you could sort of take us back to the beginning of your uh, entry into customer success and just kind of find out how you got started there. Yeah, um, it's a it's it's been a long winding road. Um, you know, I, I kind of trace my my customer success roots back to um, what I, I kind of had this evolution from doing. I was, I was programming e commerce stuff. So I was, I was kind of on the technical side of things and I started getting more interested in actually in what we call business architecture. And then just, I, I can't tell you what happened, but I started doing more work with companies. Um, I've always been mostly in like an independent contractor, um, just kind of doing my own thing. And I started working with companies to grow their revenue. That wasn't something I necessarily sought out. It's just something that, you know, these opportunities came up. And what I looked at was, you know, companies that would try to grow revenue would always go try to get new customers. And that's fine. That, that's, that is a totally a thing that works. But I saw we have our existing customers. What if we sold them more stuff? And so I started doing a lot of work just around growth within the customer base. And then I came to this realization that you can't get more value out of your customers if they're not, I didn't know, I wasn't using the word successful, but there was something about it. They weren't getting value from the relationship that they have with you. They weren't going to buy more. And and that was just kind of that realization. And then around this, I would say sometime maybe around that same time, this thing called customer success was, was starting to become a thing. And I noticed it and I said, Hey, that sounds a lot like what I'm already doing um, and I kind of jumped on on the customer success uh, bandwagon. It was a it was a very small bandwagon at that point, um, and I think I did a little bit to help grow it. But that was probably eight or nine years ago, and maybe yeah, ah, time flies. Yeah, probably eight or nine years ago, and and here we are. So you know, I didn't invent customer success. Uh, it was already a thing. It dates back to like the early two thousands at Salesforce. But um, when I saw that this was something that people were talking about. Uh, and, and it was becoming a movement. I said, this is really cool. Uh, this needs to happen. Um, and, and that's, that's how I got into it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, uh, I, well, I appreciate you saying you didn't invent customer success, but I for <laughs> sure, for sure can guarantee you that you're very much viewed as one of the, certainly one of the, the leaders, uh, I think in the field and, and particularly so, um, I suppose we can talk about the uh, the book that you co-wrote um, with Nick Meta and Dan Steinman of, of Gainsight. Can you tell us a little bit about how that process uh, started for you to get involved uh, with Gainsight? Yeah, so um, I was, like you said, I mean, I've been one of the the thought leaders, if, if that's how you want to phrase it, uh, in, in the customer success world for, for a long time. And uh, there was a point where Gainsight, which was actually, a, it was called something else, uh, wasn't Gainsight yet. They were more, they had an account management software that they were trying to bring to market and they got some, some uh, real funding. They brought in Nick to be uh, CEO. So they brought in a professional CEO and they were going to, um, 
change to this this new thing called customer success. So they were basically taking their account management product and rebranding it um, as a customer success management product. And really, at the time, there was maybe only one other thing out there. Like I think it was Tatango um, that would that had kind of moved over from being a free trial sort of. Uh, conversion optimization platform to something more along the lines of of customer success. So it was very early days of customer success management software. Um, we would even say that that product category hadn't really been invented yet. Um, and and Gainsight hired me to kind of come in and and talk to them about what customer success was, what the vision of the um, of the world. But well, I think they brought other people in too. But we all got along really well. And at some point, you know, I'm out there evangelizing this concept. Um, and, and they realized, and I realized that maybe if we worked together, we could, we could evangelize this concept, um, on a greater scale, use some of that institutional money they got, uh, to go out and, and build a bigger uh, product category. And so they brought me in, uh, I joined Gainsight, uh, in like 2014, I think, uh, as a customer success evangelist. And my role was really to just go out and spread the word about customer success, not to talk about Gainsight. Uh, I never really talked about Gainsight uh, as a product uh, or, or really even as a company. And of course, you know, there were still people that kind of looked at me uh, like I was a shill, um, you know, but I really was just trying to get the concept out there um, and worked there for a couple of years. And, you know, it, it, when I, when I joined, it was a, a super scrappy startup, really small, maybe 25, 30 people total. Uh, including, you know, engineering uh, in India and, and, and the, the folks in, in Mountain View, California. And then um, two years later, it was 350 or 400 people, um, a much, much different company. And I thought it was just time for me to move on. But in that time, uh, Wiley, the publisher, wanted to write a book about customer success. And they came to uh, Gainsight and, and they basically said, we want the CEO, uh, we want the 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 CCO or, or really almost the person that was the face of the company, which was Dan. Um, and they said, and we want this guy Lincoln to be in the book. Um, and I actually didn't want to be a part of it, <laughs> which is kind of weird, but um, I just, I don't know. It wasn't because the publisher came to us. It wasn't the book that I was necessarily wanting to write. Um, and Wiley said from, this is what I was told, you know, Wiley was like, if, if Lincoln's not on the book, we're not going to write it. So uh, they, they talked me into it and it, it turned out to be a very good, um, uh, just at the very least from a credibility and, and, you know, kind of standpoint, um, it, it turned out to be a very good thing, but it was a, just an interesting process. I mean, when the publisher comes to you to write a book, it's a very different thing than when you write a book and kind of shop it around to different publishers. Um, but the process was, was interesting. Um, probably the most interesting thing about it. Um, and you said you, you, you've read it, uh, is, is you'll notice there's only one voice in it and that's the magic of an editor. You know, there was there was three of us. I mean, Dan did most. Of, uh, honestly, Dan did probably most of the work, in term, in, especially in terms of putting together the content. Um, but it's really one voice. It's the voice of the editor. It's so weird to read. It is a great book. I have read it. Uh, I have two physical copies and a copy of it on my Kindle as well. It's uh, for those who don't know this book, you have to get it. Um, it is. I mean, I did stay at the beginning, a state at the beginning. I consider it to be the number one book on CS. It is everything you need to know. And let me rephrase that. If you were to get one book or you were to look at one resource on CS, get this book. You can't miss it. It's on Amazon. It's a big blue uh, background on the book. It's fantastic. Um, I had the great uh, pleasure of actually speaking, meeting Dan for the first time, Dan Steinman uh, and Nick Meta um, a couple of uh, years ago at the Gainsight uh, Pulse Conference in London. They were talking about the book. It's fantastic. And I just also want to um, just go back a little bit to your uh, role of uh, evangelist. I love that word, product evangelist, um, at, uh, at Gainsight back in 2014. Uh, you were going around, you were, you were explaining to people, evangelizing the concept of customer success. So I'd, I'd like to know, what is your, custom, your concept of customer success? How do you view it in generic terms? Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's something that's evolved. And this is the thing, you know, I, I would say this. Thank you, thank you so much for all the kind words about the book. I will say this. The book was written in 2015. So we're five years out from, from the book uh, being written, a, a little over four years out from it being published. And, you know, lots changed. So, I mean, it's a, it's, I think it's a, a good book, uh, you know, but I, I think we've, we've evolved a lot of thinking as well. Um, but, you know, ultimately, um, the idea of customer success 
while my, my definition has evolved in those five or in, in the eight years that I've been doing this, um, it's it stayed pretty pretty close. And the definition that I have right now that, that I've had for the last probably couple of years is that customer success is when your customers achieve their desired outcome through their interactions with your company. And like I, I just always like to add the caveat there that while the concept of customer success is actually really simple. A lot of people will try to overthink it. What I said in there is pretty simple. There's a couple of things you need to pay attention to. Desired outcome is something that, that we maybe we'll talk about a little bit more. It's really a key piece of this. Um, and interactions is another thing. It's, you know, I didn't say customer success is, is when a customer achieves their desired outcome through the use of your product. It's through their interactions, which occur across the entire life cycle and aren't just the product. They're all the different touch points and interactions that a customer can have with you. So there's a lot going on in that very simple definition. But when when I, I always, you know, if I'm talking to a group of people or, you know, here I'm, I'm talking to you, you know, I, I'm talking to smart people, right? I know you're going to want to overthink the concept. Don't. The concept is very simple. The implementation of that concept, you know, making it a reality in your business and in your unique relationship with your customers, that's a little bit more involved. The concept, though, that definition and, and the overall concept, very simple. Don't overthink it. Yeah, that's, uh, that is really fascinating, actually. And I think uh, often a lot of times people will possibly say, well, hold on, you know, if our product alone is not enough for the customer to achieve their desired outcomes then isn't that a problem with the product but in reality it never mm-hmm. works that way as you say the the whole success of the customer is based on the interactions uh with the company uh with the yeah with the with the company i could not agree with you more be it be it high touch face to face or over the phone interactions or be it as we call it in the industry tech touch um mm-hmm. but absolutely it's a, it's a great point you make and i'm going to repeat what you said um because it's it's fantastic and i think i want this what you just said to stay at the front of my mind going forward and what i've just learned from you there is the customers the definition of customer success as far as lincoln murphy is concerned is the the customers achieving the customer's desired outcome via interactions with your company, and that's a fascinating point. And I think it's uh, I think it's really uh, interesting. And um, moving on a little bit from that, we heard um, and I did introduce you at the beginning as a customer centric growth expert. So that term, customer centricity, or being customer centric, they are terms that are I think I I, I think you know are, are thrown around far too loosely by organisations all the time. For you, Lincoln, what is the true meaning of being customer centric? Well, I, I like your point there that the you know, that term of customer centricity. But, but let's be honest; I mean, even customer success is thrown around without much meaning, um, and that's that's a problem. We can discuss that a little bit more too. Um, so many things are just are thrown around. So, I mean, to me, the the true meaning of, of customer centricity and this is going to sound, I don't know any other way to say it like this, is actually focusing on the customer's desired outcome and operationalizing around that. Like, that's it. Not just talking a good game, right? Not just not just paying lip service to this, this idea because you think it'll make you popular with your other CEO peers to say we have customer success or because it'll make investors happy or, you know, at least until the returns don't come um, or because you think customers need to see someone called a customer success uh, manager rather than a customer service manager. You know, like there's, there's a lot of people doing, you know, sort of fake customer success out there um, and, and being, you know, saying they're customer centric, but then going and doing customer negative things. So to me, it's just actually focusing on that customer's on the customer's desired outcome and, and building whatever operation uh, and building your product and, and building everything else around that. It's again, pretty simple concept, but you know, it's, it's, I would say more, more rarely done than I would like. That's excellent. I mean, tell me though, why is it so important to get customer success, right? Why is it so important that for an organization to adopt the, faso- the philosophy of being customer centric? What is it about customer success that really needs to be in place to drive the business forward money fair enough why are you in business <laughs> right yeah. i mean that's the thing this is what i don't understand in in all my years of evangelizing this concept i i have never evangelized it or talked about it in a way that is like 
fluffy, you know, feel good, kumbaya, you know, let's sit around the campfire and, and meditate or whatever. No, it's money. Do you want your business to be worth more? If you do, you should be looking at customer success because it's the way to get your customers to stay longer, buy more, and advocate for you, which will get more customers to come in in a more efficient way and blah, blah, blah. So like, if you want to affect the, the core KPIs, like net revenue retention, customer acquisition cost, uh, certainly customer acquisition cost efficiency, if you want um, you know, your, your ability to hire the, the best talent, uh, if you want your market to be expanding rather than contracting, if you want all of these things that investors look at to say your company is worth more, then customer success should be your focus. That's it. Money. Very nicely put. I don't think I don't think you can argue with that at all. At the end of the day, it is it is revenue that counts, and uh, and that is, I guess, I agree. Yeah, what exactly what customer success is geared to do? Uh, to drive revenue, to drive revenue through adoption, through success of the customer. Um, brilliantly and very nicely put, Lincoln. Um, you mentioned a few moments ago, and I'll refer again to the the book. Uh, it was written in 2015, and you said so yourself that. Well, it was written in 2015, but customer success has changed. You know, they, maybe the philosophy has changed or, or operations have changed in the last five years. We're now in 2020, of course. So what has changed? How do you feel that over the sort of since your uh, integration into the world of customer success? What, is, what have you seen change and where do you see customer success evolving in the future? Yeah, I mean, so if we go back to like what it's oh, so first and foremost, the book uh, is is not um, complete. It's missing some things that, that I was certainly talking about at the time. And, and the reason it's not complete is because it's a book that was put out by a commercial publisher, meaning they have editors. <laughs> and it, if it was up to me, it would have been a, a complete flop and it would have been 3000 pages long. Right. So, I mean, all books essentially are incomplete. So it's not a, it's not a dig on the book or, or, or a dig on, on the editor or the editing process, but you know, there were things that I would have liked to have seen included that were not, um, for instance, desired outcome. That is a concept that's, that's been around that I've been, that I've been talking about for a really long time. Um, that in directly was not put in there. And I think the emphasis was a little bit too much, um, uh, in the book on sort of account management based customer success, which is, you know, a lot of, Customer success evolved out of a lot of different areas of the business and account management was certainly one of those. And what I mean by account management is you think about traditional account management, it was um, checking in with a customer, making sure that they were, uh, they were going to pay, making, you know, see if they wanted to buy some more. Um, and that was kind of it, right? And so you have a lot of concepts that come from that way of thinking, like, Looking at a, a or, you know segmenting customers based on what they pay us, um, the the entire concept of a book of business that you're you're managing a certain amount of revenue, so you have a certain number of CSMs per you know some amount of of MRR or ARR. Those things don't really translate that well to an operation that is that is meant to actually make the customer uh, successful to help them. Um, be, reach their goal and to do so in an appropriate way, which by the way is, is the definition of what desired outcome is. Desired outcome is your goal plus appropriate experience. So we're going to get our customer to achieve their goal and we're going to do that by providing them the appropriate experience. And of course, the appropriate experience for one customer segment may be different than a different customer segment. So, But the traditional, <laughs> it's funny to say it, but the traditional way of doing customer success, which is what's outlined in that book, um, is is very much driven by you know customers that pay us a lot get a lot customers that don't pay us very much don't get very much and that's that's probably not going to play out um, in reality as well as as maybe uh, the book would have made it out to uh, to seem but you know the book was very much tied to enterprise SaaS and and at the time you know hindsight is twenty twenty at the time that was fine. Again, I'm not saying the book is wrong. I'm just saying it's incomplete. We need to really take a, a, a bigger picture look at things, um, and and then apply what we know what we've learned over the last five years, and that is uh, again better segmentation, 
and understanding that, um, you know, from a capacity planning standpoint, you have to take into consideration how much actual time your humans will need to spend with your customer to determine how many CSMs you'll need. Not, you know, the CSM can manage $3 million in, in, in a, a book of business and call it a day. It doesn't work. I see. I mean, uh, having said that, then, do you any plans at all for you to maybe uh, throw out your own book out there? Uh, you know, I mean, I the 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 entrepreneurial hustler answer is, of course, yes. You know, I, but I, I don't know. It, it's uh, we'll see how it goes. There's a you know by now there there are several other books out there. There's a lot of noise, and and frankly, it's hard to cut through all the noise now. Um, when you've put in the effort to, um, you may, you may note, and I don't want to be too much of a downer. I, I get a little bit bitter about the way things have evolved in the, in the customer success industry itself. Um, I've, I've, I've been thanked a lot for my contributions to the community, but a lot of my contributions to the community seem to have just been taken by other people and, and then they build their own content off of that. Um, and so you have a lot of people writing books that, that have no business writing books, um, they're just taking other people's mind and, and others work. And it's just, it's, it becomes difficult to work. And that's not a customer success thing. I'm sure that's every, you know, in every industry, um, it makes you not want to do those things, uh, frankly. And so, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well just working with my clients and, and posting stuff every once in a while. Um, I like the freeform nature of a blog post where I can just write what I want and you know, not, not really worry about an editor. Um, if I was going to do it, uh, this is the interesting thing. Um, I actually have no idea how you write a book. Again, if the editor doesn't come to you, uh, I don't know how you actually go through that process. So that's, that's, uh, that's the other thing. If I wanted to do it, I'm not sure, uh, actually how to do it. But at this point, uh, I don't know there, I have a love hate relationship with customer success and the idea of, of getting even deeper into it with another book just <laughs> kind of sounds, uh, like not, not an incredibly fun path to go down. Probably not the answer you were looking for, but that's just the reality. Not at all. No, I, I, I really appreciate your answer and your honesty. It's, it's great to hear. But um, so you have said then, you know, the, the the way or the concept or the people's concept of customer success sometimes is not how you would also, you know, would define it yourself. And you feel, as you say, that, you know, sometimes people are getting customer success wrong. And that's where I suppose uh, 16 Ventures come in, uh, your company, um, where you're consulting um, on your clients. Can you sort of tell us a little bit about the work that you're doing um, with 16 Ventures and, and some of the success stories that you've had. Yeah, I mean, um, I've, so I've had 16 Ventures, the, the company for maybe like 12 years, I, I think is, yeah. And, uh, you know, in that time, again, mostly focused on, on, on growth, mostly focused on that growth through the existing customer base. Um, and I've worked with hundreds of companies uh, all around the world, uh, I, you know, from Brazil to Poland, uh, to S Sweden, to Australia, and of course, you know, United States and lots of other places. Um, and I've worked with companies, you know, from super tiny startups to, you know, big companies like Cisco and LinkedIn, um, and some, you know, emerging companies that have emerged to be like, you know, to really take over their, their categories like rock content out of Brazil or Canva out of Australia. And I've seen a lot, um, and it's, it's been really interesting. I mean, I, I always say that, you know, I like, I, I think I bring some expertise and, and experience you know, to the table when I work with companies, but, you know, a lot of times uh, I, I, I learn, um, you know, so much from those experiences uh, and, and it's been, it's been really interesting. I think that, the, you know, when, when a question, when you ask a question like, like what you did there, I think a lot of people want to hear stories, you know, it's like we, we reduce churn in this company from, you know, uh, 5% per month to, you know, 4.5% per month. And it was amazing. <laughs> um, that's not how I work. I, I, I work with companies that want to, um, really get exponential growth, you know, and, and how can they, how can they 10 X their growth, uh, in, in revenue, uh, from maybe from their customer base or just overall. And that's the kind of stuff that gets, that gets really interesting and gets really fun. And that comes down to, understanding the customer's desired outcome and, and, and operationalizing around that and actually operationalizing expansion. And, and you get to a point when you do that, when you focus on desired outcome, that, um, that churn becomes a non-issue. 
you know, I'm not going to say that churn is ever going to be um, zero. That is probably just not realistic. Uh, but I like to say we can we can always get churn to just be a non-issue. Um, and, and, you know, so when it happens, it's not a big deal. And you do that by focusing on the customer's desired outcome, not by focusing on churn. So when I work with companies, uh, you know, the, the success stories, you know, we've, like I said, 10 X growth in, in revenue from the existing customer base is something I like to shoot for. And, and we've seen that I've seen one company, you know, and it was in the 20 X for one segment of their customers. It was crazy. Um, that's the kind of stuff that, that I like that gets me excited. Not, you know, can we, can we reduce churn a little bit? Um, that's, that's, that's boring and ultimately doesn't have a huge impact on the business. And I want to have a huge impact on the business. Well, that's amazing. So you're actually, re, as you say, you're, you're involved with 16 Ventures. The, the, the plan there, the, the mission, the vision, if you like, is to see overall, you know, see overall exponential growth of an organization rather, as you say, than maybe reducing churn and maybe increasing NPS by a couple of points. So that's fantastic to hear. Um, uh, really looking forward to uh, you know seeing the continued growth as well of, of 16 Ventures. Evidently, um, you're doing some fantastic work there. Um, I want to take a step back a little bit from customer success just by now. This is a customer success podcast, but you do have another passion in life. And I cannot, we cannot go any further without me asking you about it because I'm a, I'm a massive fan myself. You are also, and being a, an independent professional wrestler, just talk us a little bit about that. How did, how did you even get started in that? <laughs> oh man. Um, you know, I think my, my, my great grandfather took me to my first wrestling match when I was maybe eight. Uh, and I was just kind of hooked from that moment on. And, you know, when I, when I was finally out of the house and, and could make my own possibly bad decisions, um, I, I, I found a, a wrestling school and in, I was working in, and living in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the time. And there was a wrestling school at a bowling alley at a, and there was a room off the, off the bowling alley that had a ring in it. And, uh, I went there and trained and that was, it was a long time ago. Um, and just kind of, you know, fulfilled this, this childhood, um, yeah, passion. I mean, it's something I always loved and, you know, it's interesting. The thing that I, I, I love about it the most, I mean, I'm a big fan of, 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 real fighting and, and martial arts and, and uh, mixed martial arts, really not like necessarily the tr traditional martial arts. Um, so I like the fighting aspect of it, but, but the part that I, that really always um, hooked me and, and really is the magic of pro wrestling is the psychology aspect of it. The ability to manipulate the emotions um, of, of your audience. And I, I think a lot of people think pro wrestling is, is scripted. And I will tell you this, I've never been in a scripted match. I, I, I can't remember things very long. <laughs> um, it's, it's, if anything, if you want to compare it to something, it's more like improv, which means you have to be able to uh, almost be actively listening the entire time to the audience. And there have been several times, I mean, probably almost, I would say almost every match has some aspect of this, but there have been several times where it, it's happened in a big way where maybe I'm, I'm the good guy. And I realized the audience just isn't having that. They don't want me to be the good guy. So we, we, we make that switch and now I'm the bad guy and the, and the, you know, the, who was the bad guy is now the good guy and just really paying attention, having that in, in a weird way, having that empathy for the audience has all of that has helped shape my interest in uh, the way humans behave and also my ability to sort of leverage that um, to get, customers. So it directly ties to customer success to get customers to do the things we need them to do in order to be successful. Um, so it's very weird that these two, two very different things, pro wrestling and, and, and customer success would in any way intersect, but they absolutely do. Um, it's whether it's customer success or marketing or sales, anytime you need to get another human to take a particular action, you have to understand what psychological triggers or, or, you know, influences you can, ha you can have on that. And, uh, that's, that's super important. And, you know, I want to be really clear and talk about customer growth and we talk about, uh, this, you know, psychological manipulation, and everything. 
this is all, and this is why I really love customer success as a concept. Um, this is all customer positive stuff. I'm trying to manipulate you to get you to do something, of course. Um, I'm trying to get more revenue from you. But this is that proverbial win-win that almost doesn't exist in any other place because I'm doing this by making you more successful, right? So if you are growing and evolving because you're using our product or your relationship with us is such that you are finding success, then by the very nature of that success, our relationship should grow and evolve as well. So I just want to be really clear. This is all customer positive stuff. When somebody buys more from me, when they when they grow their account over time in a big way, when we're looking for that exponential growth in account value, they are happy to hand over that extra money because it is tied to their actual success. So I just want to be really clear on that. That's awesome. And and yeah, you know, it, it's the the philosophy is your success is our success. And I suppose uh, you've really nailed it there in your, your definition of that. Um, oftentimes, you know, the, the, the success of the customer will directly influence the success of the business. And I absolutely uh, agree that it is a win-win. Um, and I suppose it was really interesting actually listening to you talking about when you're in the ring, uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the wrestling ring, and you're, you're feeding your actions or your behavior is feeding off the emotions and the, and the direction almost given by, by the audience. And I suppose you know, listening to the audience has meant you've had to adapt your technique in the ring, your, maybe the, the story of how, how the, the match is going to pan out. Ergo, adapting your product based perhaps on feedback, based on the feedback of your customers, the feedback of the audience. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm now sort of using your analogy of relating it here to customer success and what you're in, I, I suppose, and I love your psychology here. I love the way that you're thinking about, uh, about these sort of interlined um, sections of, of, of professional wrestling and customer success. What you're doing, Ergo, is, is ensuring that the, I suppose, as you said, the desired outcomes of your customer, in this case, the uh, ensuring you're entertaining your crowd, entertaining the audience, uh, is achieved. Um, yeah. but, but and that's brilliant. And and again, people without a, a you know people who can judge professional wrestling and in, in however saying it's scripted, everyone knows exactly what's going to happen before. It's it's, it's fascinating mm-hmm. that you say, well, it doesn't work like that, and it's not worked like that in your career because what you're doing is you're con- using your analogy of improv. Improv, sorry, is fantastic because you're adapting. You're you're uh, you're adapting the flow of the match. You're adapting the way you behave on the fly, um, based on what you're getting, the, the feedback you're getting from the audience. I think that's fantastic, and I think the the way that you compare the two is fascinating, and it's uh, it's a really really interesting uh, outlook. So, uh, are you still wrestling? Yeah, I mean, you know, things are shut down right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, as soon as things come back, um, you know, I've been I've, I've been trying I've been trying to stay in in as good a shape as I can. Um, without that, there's nothing like actually wrestling, uh, from, from that standpoint. But yeah, I mean, as soon as, as soon as we can go back, uh, I'll, I'll be back. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's hard not having, <laughs> not yeah. having that in my life right now. Uh, but we, you know, something to look forward to for sure. Yeah. Amazing. And, um, so we were speaking before, uh, about, uh, I very much view you as a, as a, as a thought leader, um, and I know that is a, a concept and, a, and uh, an opinion that's shared by many people in the uh, customer success community, not just in the US. You've, very, you've got a big, big name in the UK as well, especially in London. Um, and when I've been telling people uh, that I'm interviewing Lincoln Murphy on a podcast, they're like, amazing. I read his blog, um, read his book. Everyone's read the book. Every, and, and, you know, it is what it is. It's a great book. I understand that maybe it's a little, some of the thoughts are a little bit outdated. It is a great book. Um, you are a thought leader. What characteristics do you believe that every sort of CS leader should possess in order to sort of, you know, progress that CS organization into successful growth? It's hard to boil it down, but if I, I get this question um, from, from time to time and, and, you know, not just, I mean, just in in everyday conversation, it comes up. Um, And the two things that I've kind of boiled it down to and this is an incomplete list. This is only two things, <laughs> but I would say empathy and and business acumen. And it sounds crazy, but you know the empathy part is is because we have to be able to put ourselves in our customers' shoes to to a certain extent, but also from a leadership standpoint, you have to put yourself in in your team's 
shoes and your individual contributors. Um, I see a lot of leaders really not having any understanding of what their, what their team does. Um, and, and that's, that also doesn't work. You, you know, you, this is, it's sort of, you know, customer success only works when, when there's the success of everyone involved. Um, but the other part of it is, is the, the business acumen aspect. And, you know, that again should be pretty obvious, but I, I feel like it's lacking a lot of times. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier in terms of why customer success matters. It matters because this contributes to the value of the company. It contributes to bringing in more revenue, all those things. When you have a customer success leader that doesn't understand that, or even, and you see this sometimes, thinks that customer success shouldn't have a commercial aspect to it, um, it, it, it somehow, um, I don't know, it somehow just shouldn't be commercial. And, and, and that somehow hurts trust with, with our customers, all of that you're going to run into a situation where you, you turn customer success into um, frankly a joke. And then you have the company saying customer success doesn't work. And then they rip out their entire customer success organization. I have heard customer success doesn't work more times in the last, let's say the last year leading up to COVID um, than I, than I ever thought I would hear. And when, when you dig in, not even that deep, you just start, kind of scratching the surface on it, you realize it wasn't that customer success didn't work. It was whatever they were doing and calling customer success didn't work. And, and one of the biggest things that you see is you had leaders who thought this was somehow like an altruistic endeavor that, that, you know, we should never talk about anything commercial. And that's just, you know, that, that right, I mean, that's wrong. <laughs> um, at the very least, it's wrong because no one uh, on our customer side and no one on our side is under any delusion that this isn't a commercial relationship. So to somehow assume that acknowledging that and, and, and maybe even getting the customer to buy more things because that's what they need to go to the next level or to be more successful or to expedite the, the, the journey to being successful, it, to, to equate that as to, to something bad is just counter to what we're trying to do here. So empathy uh, so that we're doing the right things and we're, we're understanding what's going on and then being actually good at business, I think are, are two critical aspects there. But again, that's a very incomplete list. That's, that's actually really interesting. I, I do very much agree with you uh, on customer success retaining a commercial aspect to the organization and, and to everything they do. Do you think perhaps, though, the rise in the in the um, popularity, let's say, of the CSM role has has been a result of people maybe thinking, well, hold on, you know, I've been I've been doing sales previously, and now I want to sort of take a step back from the from the revenue side uh, of of uh, of a role and maybe concentrate more on on making customers happy, etc. Being under the, the delusion. That perhaps, well, no, you know, as a CSM, there is still very much a, a revenue aspect and a very much revenue-driven uh, role that you have, and I, and I do think perhaps that you know people have maybe joined into this CS sphere, the CS field, under the wrong guise of well, I yes. can sit, I can relax, you know, I can relax and just make sure, hey, we got a great MPS, fantastic, I've done my job, and and I do also believe that that is a mistake, and I do believe that is a mistake that leaders, that CS leaders do still make um and, and would, would you would you say it would you sort of agree with that or 100 percent, yeah absolutely um in fact you know i i a lot of people look it, it, if you you know we, we talk about being a thought leader and whatever um if 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 you are calling yourself a thought leader and you don't have a lot of people that disagree with you you're not a thought leader i i appreciate all the kind words you say about me there is a pretty good part of the audience out there in the customer success world that doesn't really like me, that doesn't really like what I have to say. Um, there are, there are consultants and, and other thought leaders that will, you know, everything I say, they will go try to, you know, say the opposite. I don't, and that's fine. That that's called being a thought leader. That's called having an opinion. It's called having a, you know, knowing what, you know, just putting your thoughts out there because you believe them regardless of what the, um, what everybody else thinks there's going to be some part of the audience that's going to, uh, that going to agree with you. Um, one of the, one of the things that I say is customer success is not about making customers happy. 
It's about making them successful. You know, you're, you're not in the uh, in the customer pleasing business, you're in the customer success business. And, and, you know, we know people pleasers are, are, you know, tend to be burned out, bitter, uh, negative, cause they're just always out there trying to please everybody. And, and it's the people that actually are, are assertive and push back a little bit, uh, in a, in a positive way to get our customers to do what they need to do. Those are the ones that tend to be more successful. Um, what we see a lot of is, is again, I talked, I talked about people doing fake customer success. And, you know, a lot of times I see an organization, a company will, will, will quote, spin up a, a CS organization where they'll, they'll hire a few CSMs, usually junior people uh, without, without a lot of experience. And they, they will basically put them somewhere, you know, now they just stay at their house, but, you know, put them back in the corner and say, just make our customers happy. They don't give them any, any direction. They don't give them any budget. They don't give them any, any tools or resources to make the customer actually successful. So the only thing they can do is try to make the customer happy. They, you know, maybe, maybe send them a message on their birthday, you know, buy, buy the, the customer, uh, you know, they have, have a lunch that they cater or something like that. And then I come along and say, customer success isn't about making our customers happy. And then they get mad at me because I basically just said the one thing that they are able to do isn't ha- having any positive impact on things. Um, and instead of getting mad at me, they should be getting mad at the company that they work for, for not investing in real customer success. But, you know, I, I stand by this idea that you can't solve for, for customer happiness. It's, it's an emotion. Um, in the B2C world, you know, happiness is maybe a little bit, you know, is actually something you can, you can try to, you know, work towards, but in the B2B world, you know, our customers that never seem happy, maybe our best customers, you know, they're the ones that are always pushing us. They're the ones that are always trying stuff and breaking things. Um, they're, they're the ones that don't seem happy. And if we don't understand this, this can actually have an operational impact because if you think your job is to solve for a customer's happiness, you're going to take those customers that don't seem happy and you're going to try and make them happy. And you're going to put in processes and workflows and playbooks to do that. And then you're going to take the customers that seem happy and you're just going to let them be because they're, they seem happy. And and now we have a huge churn issue. We're not getting the expansion. We should customers aren't advocating for us. All the things that we want that we say we want to happen are not happening because we're actually focused on the wrong thing. Make your customers successful. And hopefully the side effect will be that they are emotionally happy. But if they don't ever become emotionally happy, that's also just fine. People don't like it when I say this. Um, I just have to remind you, I'm not a psychopath. I would actually love the people around me to be emotionally happy. (laughs) I just know that trying to solve for that doesn't work. So go back to pro wrestling. You know, I I know in my time in, in, in the ring, my job is to make the audience, uh, emotionally happy. Now that might happen by making them angry, by getting them to boo me, by getting them, you know, manipulating their emotions in such a way that they, uh, they take out their anger on me. But when I leave the ring that, you know, all that anger that they were uh, putting towards me, you know, kind of turns into happiness because it was such a relief. It was such a release. It was so fun, but I'm known, I'm under no delusion that when they leave the arena, that I have solved any of their real problems. I gave them a distraction. That's not your job in customer success. Your, your job is not to make your customer happy for a while, distract them from their problems of the day. Your job is to actually make them successful. And sometimes, sometimes that process isn't happy. So we need to be clear on that stuff. That's fantastic. And, and I love your frankness. Uh, and I think this is uh, one of the reasons why you are in the position you are in today and you're viewed as the person, as the leader that you are in today. So I really appreciate you being really frank with me uh, on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, and it's, it's, so, you know, your view of CS as well, your, it's not even your view, but like your real sort of really passionate um, psychology of customer success is really refreshing, you know, because um, with all respect, you know, I, I have worked with um, other, I'll put in brackets, CS leaders in the past, and they've come in, they said, right, let's go and increase your NPS by a few points, let's reduce churn a little bit, and they'll focus on these things. And when, when you say that, well, that's fine, but you can't really scale 
that way. You can't really secure the future of your business that way. It's all about growth. And it's all about, as you say, making your customers successful. And I think that's a, it's a fantastic psychology. Uh, and I, I, I do think a lot of people need to also sort of listen to that and, and, and follow that, that, that way of thinking. It's something I'm also uh, you know, very much working on. So it's brilliant to hear that really refreshing uh, point of view um, coming from you. So um, we've, we've got lots of, I do, a lot of people who listen to this podcast I'll be honest with you, majority from what I, from people who've messaged into me are a lot of CSMs, also a lot of people looking to get into the industry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope, uh, you know, this, if they're going to listen to any episode, it has to be this one today because this <laughs> one is, they're, you know, they're hearing the truth. They're hearing what it really takes to, to drive value and, and drive growth throughout a, an organization through customer success. Um, for someone trying to run a successful CS organization, perhaps maybe a startup, what kind of piece, one piece of advice you had to give to them? What would that be? Mm. Well, if it, you you threw in there, you know, maybe to start up, and I just want to be really clear. And this is something I tell people to, to to be really clear on is so you want to get into customer success, cool. Um, and I have a video on my YouTube channel. Uh, it was a workshop I did. I posted it. I posted the entire thing uh, on how to get the job you want in customer success. And, and what I mean, or get, you know, get the job where you will actually thrive. And, and one of the things you need to get clear on is what type of company do you want to work in? If you tell me you want to do customer success and you don't really care if it's a startup or a, you know, a big established company, I'm going to stop you right there. Those are two very different things. So, you know, if, if you need structure and you need to kind of um, be a part of a team, um, and, may, and be frank, you know, maybe you, you need to hide a little bit. You know, you, you just want to be a part of the process. You don't really want to stand out. Uh, you don't want to be, you know, have too much pressure on you, uh, that kind of stuff. You're probably going to be better off in a bigger company than trying to start a, a customer success organization from scratch in a startup that already, you know, that, that itself doesn't have any direction yet, um, you know, like and doesn't have any structure. Like that is going to drive you insane. So get really clear on on where you think you will thrive. Now, it's all a hypothesis. We don't know unless you do have the data to go off of. But you, you can't just say, I want to work in customer success and call it, call it a day. That's not, that's not going to work. And then from there, it's like, okay, I want to work in a big established company. All right. Well, what kind of customers do you want to work with? You know, it's like, well, uh, you know, I like, I, I, I think I would like bigger customers or I would like to have more customers, you know, interact with more people, but, you know, kind of maybe smaller businesses, that kind of thing. Well, right there, now you're starting to define a, 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 a type of company that you would want to work for and who their customers are. And you can just keep going down that path. So, you know, not, not, to, not to get too specific on that stuff, but just, and this isn't just customer success career advice. This is like, I think just applies across the board. Figure out where you think you will thrive and go there. So that's number one. Um, but in terms of like, you know, what you should know, it's, I'll tell you this. I mean, if you want to be a leader in customer success, the people that I've seen, this is, this is also one of those things that, that people don't really talk about a lot, but the people that I've seen really move up in, in the, the customer success world, uh, I've watched you know, them, them go from you know, one role and kind of you know, move from director to VP and then you know, move from VP to, to bigger VP at another company. You know, they kind of jump from one company to another. They're really good at corporate politics, <laughs> they're not necessarily that good at customer success. Um, and let's, I mean, that the reality is uh, if you could come in and be good at, at corporate politics and customer success, I mean, you would stand out in a huge way. Um, but we have to be really honest about the fact that if you're just really good at customer success, that's probably not going to get you where you need to go in terms of moving up the corporate ladder. Um, so I just I just have to throw that out there. I've had some some conversations in, over the last you know few months that that have been, been around this very topic, and and I it's just sort of top of mind with me. You, if go study corp, corporate politics, how to you know how to work in uh, in that environment, um, and you know you may not want to do that, but I'm just telling you that's that's uh, that's really important. The other thing I would study, of course, before you come in and actually start studying your customers. Right. So once you get the role that you're looking for, you get into a position, we want to know more about our customers than our customers know about themselves. But before you do that, the other thing I would spend time you know, studying uh, is, is all about human behavior. 
Um, probably the book that changed my life. Maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, it was certainly influential uh, in in pretty much everything I do uh, as a professional and, and probably as a professional wrestler uh, is Robert Cialdini's book, Influence, uh, The Principles of Persuasion. Uh, very, very interesting look at at why humans do what they do. And so I, I spend, you know, I, people ask me what I, who do I follow? What do I read? I, I don't spend a lot of time consuming customer success content uh, at all. Actually, I spend much more time trying to figure out how humans behave. So the content that I consume is more about psychology and human behavior. So get good at that. Excellent. I'll check that out. I thought you were going to say how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. Um, that's, that's <laughs> I, I'm, I haven't figured that one out yet. Yeah. Friends. Yeah, I, that was that. that was forced onto me at a previous job many many years ago, and it still uh, still resonates with me today. So, um, yeah, I was going to say uh, for people who are interested uh, in hearing about you more, reading about your work, and, and perhaps even getting in touch with you if they're serious about wanting to uh, see some serious growth from their organizations, please check out your website. I want to send everyone to 16ventures.com. That's 16 spelt out rather than uh, one six. 16ventures.com where they can uh, find out uh, more information. Okay, so that brings us to the end of this episode. I want to say huge thanks to my guest, my very special guest, Lincoln Murphy, for his uh, fascinating insights and, and, and brutal honesty at the, on the, the landscape and the future landscape of customer success. It's been such a refreshing uh, interview, such a refreshing conversation, uh, and I really appreciate your, your insights. And thank you for your time, Lincoln. Oh, thanks for having me. This was awesome. So that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, please remember to subscribe to this podcast so you receive all upcoming episodes to wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you for listening to Churn Hacking, a customer success podcast. Until next time, take care.